it's one thing I like to do, especially after the Chicago Bears lose or the Cubs lose, is listen to Chicago stations. Like 670, the score is hilarious after there's a Bears loss. Like it's just, it's just everything is doom and gloom and burn it down and fire everyone. It's it's gold. It's gold, Jerry. One of the guys there was um, tweeting this, and it kind of went. I went. It didn't go viral, but it went. It went pretty big. He said, "From a well-informed source, this is Matt Spiegel. From a well-informed source that does business with multiple MLB execs, the 100-game season is being discussed." for the majors, and that would include eliminating the All-Star game in Los Angeles, but would deliver a neutral field, warm weather World Series at Dodger Stadium as compensation. What do you think about that? 100-game season, no All-Star game, and the World Series for compensation could possibly be at Dodger Stadium. That would, that would make me feel like the Brewers would somehow put a magical season together make it to the World Series, and then the fans of Miller Park wouldn't get to enjoy it. <laughs> well, I know, wouldn't that That would be just something? be typical. But, I mean, could you say, like, dude, you have to have it at Miller Park if that was the case. There's a roof, you know? It's climate-controlled. Now, I could see this. Play the first game at Dodger Stadium, then have a 3-3. Three and three. Man, would that mess with the juju, though? I mean, we'll talk about it. We have some time. Uh, so you just you think about the 100-game season, and you think about – you know this. It, this isn't a confirmed or official. It was a well-informed source. Do you think, real quick though, do yeah. you think they could actually fill Dodger Stadium if they had a a complete World Series there? Remember when the the Brewers and Dodgers played in the NLCS? Yes. Dodger Stadium wasn't even filling up, yeah. and it was an NLCS series. That's yeah. That's a good point. That is pretty crazy. I know Miller Park would fill up immediately. Now, uh, this might be different because. Obviously, they have people haven't had sports in a long time, so they'll flock to anything. <laughs> but man, I just don't see it. If if you couldn't sell out an NLCS, why would you want to go? If you couldn't sell out an NLCS with your hometown Dodgers in it, why would you go to neutral teams for a World Series? I can see, I could see an All Star Game working in Los Angeles because a lot of those. Holly weird people want to be shown. They want to be seen. They want to be part of, you know, they want, they just want their face out there. So I could see a bunch of the Holly weird people going out there to be part of the all-star festivities because it's a party, right? But if it was an actual game, like uh, the world series was held there and the Dodgers weren't in it. Why would those, why would anyone out in that area really want to go? I mean, you'd still have your 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 Hollywood, Holly Weird, your like Instagram models that live out there just so they could be seen. But for the average Joe Schmo, if the Dodgers weren't in it, why would you why would you want to do it? Why would you want to go? You'd have to be a diehard baseball fan. Yeah. Or tickets would have to be extremely cheap. And the tickets, there's no way tickets would be extremely cheap. They would be ex- insanely expensive. It's interesting. We got some time to talk about it, but first, they'll spend hours on it. Here's what's making news. What the bad? Somebody get some water, please. We'll spend one minute. Let's go. The top stories from across the nation. Gone in 60 seconds. So the Dallas Cowboys are signing defensive end Alden Smith, who's been out of the NFL since 2015. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, when's the last time he played? 2015. Hey, marijuana is not a thing anymore in the NFL. That's a good point. But man. last time I checked, alcohol and guns still get you in trouble. You are correct in that. Uh, the 2020 British Open is set to be canceled due to COVID-19. It, doesn't that tournament happen in July? 
Dude, Why are we canceling stuff so this far This would be out? the first t- time it was uncontested since 1945. Jadavion Clowney is telling NFL teams that he's going to lower his price to $17 or $18 million a year, coming down from 20 <laughs> Hey, that couple mil will help some teams, I guess. Uh, Carmelo, first he said that the Pistons should have drafted him. If they did, they would have won the title. Now he's saying the Nuggets should have won the 2009 NBA title. A lot of what-ifs for Mello. Glad you caught us up. Gone in 60 seconds. The only what-if he should be asking himself is what if he played defense. Or what if I passed the ball a little more. <laughs> like Carmelo Anthony, phenomenal to watch. But when it come to uh, winning a championship with him on your team, he was never... You know, Mello was one of the guys growing up, when I was growing up that I was like, yeah, this dude is the man. Like, watching Mello was fun. But then when you go to the sense of, well, as a complete package, as a guy that you could build around, Mello was, would get you those big stats, except for the assists. Like, Mello, to me, was that guy that would, would kind of hurt a team because he wouldn't pass the ball. He, he did it later in his career. Carmelo Anthony was the guy that you'd love to be on your team if it was two-on-two yeah. in a pickup yes, basketball exactly. game. But you'd hate him when it's five-on-five five and you got to run and play defense. Yeah, Mello's the guy, Nelson, that's spot on. Mello, Mello must be going through a lot of what ifs in his head right now. Well, if the Pistons would have drafted me in in '04, we would I would have helped them beat the Lakers in that NBA Finals. And then, you know, if I was, uh, oh, if I would have been on the Nuggets, or I, if the Nuggets should have won the 2009 title, we would have swept Orlando that year, is what he said. It's like Mello, uh, you sound like that guy. There's always that one guy, like when you remember when bars were a thing, Nelson. We could go to the bar. Yeah, like four weeks ago. Yeah, remember that? You go to the bar, and there'd be that one guy sitting there that is always sitting there. His ass groove is perfectly in the bar stool. He's got his spot. The bartender knows him you know, by his nickname. They know his drink to a T. They know exactly what he wants when he comes in. He's that same guy sitting there in his, like, his 90s Rose Bowl gear. He's got his, you know, his acid-washed Levi jeans on and his white New Balance shoes, maybe some Nike Monarchs, and he's saying, oh, yeah, if I didn't hurt my knee back in high school, I would have gone pro. It's like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. There's always that one guy in a bar. I feel like that's Mello now. That's what Mello <laughs> turned into. He turned into that guy that's like, man, uh, if if J.R. Smith would have tossed me that ball in 2009, we would have won a title. I knew it. If Or if I didn't pass the ball to you know, Chris Anderson, we would have won it. I know it. I know it for a fact. Mello's that guy now. At least Mello's still cashing seven-figure checks, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, so let's see. 2009, that's when the Nuggets reached the Western Conference Finals and took uh, on the eventual champion, the LA Lakers, six games before they fell. But I mean, at this point, what NBA contender is really going to want to employ Carmelo Anthony? Because you know exactly what he is, and didn't, he's and he's only getting older. Didn't um, didn't he play for the Blazers last yeah. year? And uh, and the Blazers were well, obviously the season isn't over, hasn't ended, but. The Blazers are going to be worse than they were last year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, Schrades tweets in, uh, Carmelo is Uncle Rico. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like, there is always that one guy in the bar that no matter what time of day it is, there he is when you come in. And he'll tell you that he should have won state. He should have won state because he was that good, but an injury cut him down. I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Watch this. 
Poor Napoleon. What the heck are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. I think yeah, coach would have put me in, man. Would have gone pro, man. We would have took state. Just to be able to throw in a quarter. Yeah. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things would have been different. I'd have gone pro. In a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soul. Yeah, because money helps you find a soulmate. <laughs> helps you find a gold digger. That's for sure. Uh, that's so funny, man. I love Uncle Rico. I mean, that, that, that guy exists. That's Carmelo now, Nelson. That's Melo. Well-informed sources. People that do business with multiple MLB executives. They're floating around the idea of a 100-game season. It would include eliminating the All-Star Game in Los Angeles, but would deliver a neutral field, warm weather World Series at Dodger Stadium as compensation. Let's throw the World Series at Dodger Stadium out of the equation right now and just talk about the 100-game season. There's no way. Do you honestly think, Nelson, in your heart of hearts, that they'd be able to squeeze in an 162-game season right now? No. I mean, I think for them to be able to fit 162 games in, they'd probably have to get it started by mid-April. And that's not going to happen. That's not happening. Because it's April 2nd right now, and from what I can gather is there's more people out there saying that you got to stay home even longer. I saw that one guy. Who is the guy in Virginia that um, uh, got hit with a bunch of controversy for wearing blackface, but nothing ever happened to him, and then he did that weird like abortion bill stuff? Who was that guy? Uh, uh, I think his last name was was it Nader? Nodding, whatever it was. Nodding, it, it starts with an N. Yeah. He came out to say, was he the governor of Virginia? Yeah. He came out to say, which I don't know how more stuff didn't happen to him, by the way. Like, how has he not been forced to... Ralph Northam. How did he not get, like, you know, like, resign or something over all that scandal? Anyways, he was saying that now he's got to extend till June 10th for the, what was it, stay at home or whatever it was? I saw that floating around out there. So if, if they're stretching out the stay at home, how in the world is the MLB going to get here by late, middle to late April? It's not going to happen, right? Like, we can – oh, my bad, bro. i got to turn my volume off on that. It's not going to happen, right, Nelson? Yeah, I don't think so. It ain't happening. So if the MLB is going to have a 162-game season, I think that's a pipe dream. you got to kind of just go out and say, like, you know what? I think we're going to have to readjust. And now we got a 100-game season. I'm fine. I'm fine with a 100-game season. Are you fine with a 100-game season? I just want baseball. Yeah, I think 100 games, especially if you're targeting July 4th, I think that's yeah. possible. I mean, that's basically fitting in 33 games a month. Yeah, and we were talking yesterday that they were they were discussing July 4th being that target date. All right. I'm, I'm so obviously you're going to be playing probably about a doubleheader a week. And they said that they would uh, the MLB players are open to playing at least I think it was, yeah, two doubleheaders a week. They said that they'd be cool with that. All right, cool. Sounds cool. Sounds awesome. I'm fine with that as long as there's baseball, whatever. I mean, everyone's affected the same by it. In your 
heart of hearts, when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, now I know you know they have to do it like in a bridge spring training if it happens, yada, yada, yada. The Brewers in a 100-game season, do you think they have enough star power, they have enough key pieces in a shortened season to qualify and get into the playoffs? Yeah, I think they do. I, I just, over a shortened season, I think that gives more teams a chance. You think so? Yes, because in a longer season, it really kind of shows who's the better team, right? That's why they play seven-game yeah, series. Yeah, I mean, that's why you go longer, right? I mean, if The Christian, better players, in theory, will shine brighter. Think about two years ago when Christian Yelich just went unconscious from August basically through October. Yeah. What if he did that the first two and a half months of the season? The Brewers are going to be really good. Yeah, if he strings together something like that, I mean, the Brewers would be they if would they be can get just, anything from their pitching. Christian Yelich is going to carry them for two months if he starts. Yeah, playing. they'd be the leader of the they'd be the leaders of the MLB right there. They would be in fuego. But okay, I do believe that they have star power to do it. Uh, so, so who is the guys that you'd be like? These are the guys that we could see push us in a shortened 100 game season to the playoffs. Christian Yelich, Keston Hira, if he gets hot, Keston Hira. I mean, Keston Hira is a beast at the plate. His defense, whatever, but he's a beast at the plate. Keston Hira, would you throw Lorenzo Cain just being consistent? Because you need a guy consistent. Isn't Cain your consistency yeah, guy? Consistently get on base. Consistently on I, base. Guys like Ryan Braun or Avisel Garcia, yeah. both guys that have a bat that can hit home runs, can drive in runs, those are guys that if they got hot, they could carry you. Would a 100-game MLB season help or hurt the Milwaukee Brewers? Todd says, how would the amount of games played matter either way? And Daniel says, if all teams play the same amount, it shouldn't help hurt anyone besides injury recovery time. Well, actually, no. Nelson crunched the numbers when it comes to, well, I guess I don't want to speak for you, Nelson. How about you tell everyone? I mean, this is, this is obviously tiny, minuscule sample size, a.k.a. just the 2018 season, the year that the Brewers and Cubs played game 163, at Wrigley with the Brewers becoming victorious and winning the division. But if they would have played 100 games that season, the Cubs would have won the division by five games. So, and what year is that? 2018. 2018. That, so a 100-game season would have hurt the Milwaukee Brewers that year, correct? Yes, they because would the have. Because the Cubs would have won by five games. They would have, yes. And uh, what other, did you crunch any other ones, any other seasons? I have not. Just so just that one season where the Brewers needed an extra game to, well, I guess the Brewers. The NL Central needed an extra game to determine who would win the NL Central. Remember, they went down to Wrigley Field, or as I like to call it, Miller South, and they beat the Cubs in front of their own scrub fans, clinched the NL Central, and then we know what happened. They went on to the NLCS. So they needed an extra game, 163rd game, to prove it. In that year, Nelson and the research department just crunched the numbers in a shortened season, if it were to happen in 2018. The first 100 games of the 2018 season, the Cubs had a better record than the Brewers by five games. So when Todd and Daniel say, why does it matter? It doesn't matter. How should it matter? Why would it matter? Yada, yada. I think you just showed why it would matter, right? Yes. And then in we can look at the last two seasons, 2018 and 2019. What have the Brewers done in September? Gotten hot. Yes. They won 20-plus games in the last two Septembers. Yep. Without those, well, obviously they don't win the division in 2018, and they probably don't make the playoffs 
last season. That's crazy. So, Nelson, I know when we first started talking about this, they're floating around. Uh, there was a, a tweet going around that MLB execs are, are floating around. There's nothing's confirmed. It's not official or anything. It was just an idea floating around that there would be a 100-game MLB season. They would be there would be no All-Star game, and then they would uh, reaward, I guess, award because the All-Star game was going to be in LA, right? And then they were going to give LA the World Series instead of having the All-Star festivities. So if there's a 100-game season, you initially said, Nelson, that it would help the Milwaukee Brewers. I think it still does. I think it still does. I think that still holds weight just because what did we know about 2018 and what we thought we knew last season? We thought the Brewers were a good team, right? Yes. This year, what do they have? A ton of question marks? A ton of question marks. I don't know if the Brewers are going to be a good team. I think they have some ceilings on certain players that could be good. I think they have potential to play well. But I'm not I'm not gonna go out and bet that the Brewers win ninety games this year. Yeah. What did I tell you at before all those odds and, and uh season totals came out? I had the Brewers around eighty three, eighty four. Yeah. And that was pretty much dead That's nuts, what Vegas said. What Vegas said. And I think when you're a team like that, compared to, you know, we'll go with the Braves, who's supposed to be much better this season. Over a long course of time, more games. The cream of the the cream the rises cream to the top. Always rises to the top. Because you get more games, you get to see exactly where you stand. Why do why does baseball, why does basketball all play seven game series? So the best team so can the best win. team can win. Why do you play 162 games? Because the, the better teams, teams win more games. Exactly. In in a we can we talk about this all the time. In baseball, if you play a three game series, you could have the worst team in the big leagues playing the best team in the big leagues. And would you be surprised if the worst team went one and two in a three-game series in baseball? No. So if your worst team is winning a third of their games, they're still going to get wins. Yeah. It's crazy to look at when you when you pull it back. Like it helps the Brewers, in my opinion. And when but when you peel back the layers and look at it, well, let's let's say let's do it in the 2018 season, a hundred-game season. Brewers needed an extra game, a hundred and sixty-third game, to beat the Cubs then therefore win the NL Central and then go on to go eventually and sadly lose to the Dodgers in the NLCS. If the Brewers played a 100-game season in 2018, the Brewers don't have that. The Brewers lose the division by five games to the Chicago Cubs. That's nuts. So now, can we just relive that 2018 for a second, (laughs) Nelson? Do you remember when they went down to Bush Stadium and – I forget the Cardinal was running home, but he fell flat on his face running home, and the Brewers were able to get him out. That sparked it. Then they clinched a playoff spot, a wild card spot then. They're like, all right, all right, at worst, we're a wild card. And then they had to go down, and they did this all on the road. Do you remember that? Yeah. All on the road, beating the Cardinals and then going on for an extra game to beat the Chicago Cubs at Miller South, down there in Chicago, in front of all the scrub fans. It was it was incredible. So let's talk. Let's okay. talk. Here's here's an example also from the 2018 season. So in one July series, the Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox split. Mm-hmm. They split. Now that's a any given weekend in July, right? Yes. That happens to be the worst team in major leagues and the best team. Mm-hmm. Now for one weekend they were equal. Yes. You know where Boston and Baltimore finished in the 162 games? Where? 
Boston was 61 games ahead of Baltimore. 61 games. Boston was 108 and 54, while Baltimore took last in the American League East wow. at 47 and 115. Wow. But in that snapshot of three games, they were about equal. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's crazy when you put it in the context like that. And that's why you have people like saying right here like, on, on Facebook. So yes, how would, games how would it matter? do matter. They they matter huge. Put your thinking caps on. I mean, it, it's huge. What do we know about the Milwaukee Brewers the past couple of years? They always have that little lull, right? Just think if there was a 100-game season and they ended it on a lull. What, like you just said in 2018, they'd be five games behind the Chicago Cubs. They needed, uh, I guess in 2018, a couple extra games, albeit one extra game, to get hot. Remember Christian Yelich? Well, yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. Christian Yelich in 2018, from mid-August till the rest of the season – was on fire. Yeah, he was. He obviously a lot of players contributed, but he carried that offense for a month and a half. If he does that in a, a shortened season and literally carries the Brewers to say thirty, we'll go with thirty wins in like the first five or six weeks of the season. That's insane. The Brewers are world beaters. If Yelich is hot like he is in the months of September, yeah, like you said, Nelson, if he gets hot right away and you're playing a one hundred game season. Just think of the amount of wins you're stacking. Yeah, if you if he gets extremely hot for the first 50 games and the Brewers are 35 and 15, that's a huge leg up on everyone. Well, okay, we'll go one further. Do you remember the 2014 Brewer season? Yeah. That was where... Was that the implosion? April and May, they were on fire. They were the best team in baseball. For, they, they, for like 75% yeah, of the I, year. I believe it season. was right around the same time as the um, NCAA tournament Final Four Finals. So early April, I believe, was it early April? They swept the Boston Red Sox, mm -hmm. and the Red Sox were going on to be one of the best teams that year in baseball. I think they might have won it. Um, the Brewers were right there. They they were one of the best teams in baseball. Then the epic no, collapse. No, Nelson, they were the best team yeah, in baseball. The epic collapse in the second half of the season. They finished – the Brewers led – they led the majors for a majority of the season being, if not the best, one of the best teams in baseball. They missed the playoffs. They finished 82-80. and 80. If that was a 100-game season, the Brewers are probably the, they're the well, best team in the league. Yeah, here's home field advantage. Home field advantage, one, one seed going into the playoffs, but playing the full 162, they finished just out of the playoffs. So, I mean, to the people saying, like, what does it matter? It matters for a season of being 162 or 100. And uh, let's see, Robert just uh, messaged in, I'd rather see a normal full schedule. Yeah, wouldn't we all, man? But he says, I'd like to see five inning games played. Never would happen. Yeah, I, don't, I just... I mean, that'd be interesting. Just wouldn't happen. I still think... What would you rather have, 162 games of five-inning ball or 100 games of nine-inning ball? 100 of nine. Same. Just because... Five innings changes so much on how, how you could it's, use it's your possible. pitching. It would change the game on how you could use your pitching staff. Yeah. Like, you think people were, or Major League Baseball and other teams were mad that the Brewers used, you know, like Wade Miley for one pitch yeah. or this That's pitcher they for do, one uh, inning and then another pitcher for the next inning? Yeah. That's all they would do outside of probably Brandon Woodruff starts. Yeah. And Major League Baseball would be pissed. All right, 608 Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Who I got? You got Bob. How are you doing hey, this morning, Hey, Bob. Gentlemen? What's up, brother? 
Okay, first of all, can I derail the show for 30 seconds? Please do. All right, so first of all, I want to thank the Wizard for the shout-out earlier this week. <laughs> and the fact that he did not imply that I was sleeping with any farm animals was kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it's nice when Dave doesn't uh, accuse you of having sex with sheep. And I got to know, how did my boys do? How did Roadhouse do? I've been out of town for three days. Bob, you'll be, happy to, know, you'll be happy to know Roadhouse won in a huge, huge way, and they will be moving on. I'm looking at the brackets right now, and they're going to face Ghostbusters. Oh, we're going to swamp them, not a problem. But I think during this, since I'm like the head of the Patrick Swayze fan club, I want to be referred to Dalton from this point forward until the brackets are closed. Can we call you, we call you like Bob Dalton, or we just say just Dalton? Or Dalton is fine. Okay, Dalton. All right, welcome into the Joan Ebo Show, Dalton. All right, so the deal is I think it helps the Brewers immensely with the shortened season because it doesn't tax their bullpen. It gives their pitchers a lot less stress. And let's be honest, we don't have a ton of quality long-term guys. That would be my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there, I'm right with, there you. with you, Bob. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm right there with you, Dalton. That's some good stuff right there, brother. So, Dalton, we're going to do the other side of the, uh, death, the, the dark side bracket today. It will be on Monday that we get to the Roadhouse uh, vote. So on Monday, make sure you're tuning in, okay, Dalton? I will make sure that I... Bring all my Roadhouse crew together <laughs> to groundswell this baby to make it another landslide. And make sure you bring those two chicks with you, too, okay? Uh, absolutely. All right, Dalton. You, show. you bring the two chicks, we'll bring Charlie and Scott. <laughs> so, RJ, you're joining us right now. And uh, in the Sports Flash, uh, our sports director, Zach Halperin, sat down with the new wide receivers coach, Elvis Witted. He was last year at the Packers. And now they're they're busting down tape and and meeting with their players via you know Zoom, FaceTime, yada yada yada. Yeah. I was talking to Nelson off air. I'm like, man, it's kind of a good thing Wisconsin chooses to pound the ball and just run it because I feel like you're getting set back big time when you can't even meet with your guys. Yeah, they do return four seniors, but you lose AJ Taylor and you know Quintez Cephas. That's some big production. Damn, what, what, come yeah, on, you, know, whatever, you can yeah. you can move on. Um, what's your <laughs> takeaway on Wisconsin coming up when it comes to the wide receiving core? And I guess the offense in general. You know, uh, thanks to Ted Gilmore, there were some decent recruiting classes of wide receivers, so it's not like a thin spot for the team. Yeah. Um, now you just have to have some guys step, step up? up. I mean, How the hell do you step up when you can't even leave your house to go the, to the gym? Yeah, it's been the, the Wisconsin mentality for a while, next man up. And, I mean, we've seen it at other positions where it just seems to year in, year out. I mean, just... Take a look over at the linebacking core. Right. Oh, my God. We're going to miss so-and-so. Boom. Next guy, next season steps up and becomes uh, on the verge of being an All-American. But yet, it's a system. The one thing that kind of bummed me out about Wisconsin last year in the wide receiving core specifically is, you know, we saw that Ohio State game, that first half, when they were letting Jack Cohn, or just in general, you know, a lot of times, letting, letting Jack Cohn. The first Cone, one in, in the rain? Letting Jacqueline throw the ball down the field a little bit. Yeah. Or was that in the second half they let him do it in the first one? Because now I'm, I'm blending uh, yeah. it together. I'm blending I'm, together now with the Big Ten Championship well, game. Well, that was the first drive of the second half. Remember the weird arc of the, yeah. the touchdown where it's yeah. like, who was that for? Yeah, but it still worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Like, there was a lot of good moments when they let Jack Cohn throw the ball downfield more than five yards, right. ten yards. It, the wide receivers, I mean, Quintus Cephas was well, a, it was, a beast. And it was the first half of the championship the game Big Ten championship where 
uh, Wisconsin was doing those little under routes and all that, and yeah. then Ohio State adjusted. When, and, when they let Cohn throw the ball, they look good. Yeah, he's not a bad quarterback. If everybody's just all hyped up for Graham Mertz and wants him in there. I actually I saw a tweet. Oh, I'm trying to find it here. Don't you love Twitter? Can you imagine that it's free? I, I dude, heard you. OJ so, Simpson. Right, yeah, right before I walked in here, I heard it, that. It was, I saw that last night. I, I, I was blew just my like, mind that OJ Simpson accused someone of killing their spouse on Twitter. I'm like I mean, OJ. Uh, in you, civil court, he. Have you <laughs> have you blacked out of everything that like happened in your past? Like, do you not remember like what you were on trial for? Like, and you lost in the civil case. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, Nelson. What well, about Wisconsin? The the map that I saw last night, it actually it looked at every single Division One quarterback and it put it nets per drive or net points per drive and QBR for all 130 FBS teams, and it put it on, like, a graph where you wanted to oh, be like in the, the upper right. The yeah. quads where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Jack Cohn was in the upper right, and he was in the middle of it. So he was... Along with who else? Um, oh, good question, RJ. Follow-up. In that same quadrant, you had the likes of Trevor Lawrence, who was obviously higher than him. You had the... <laughs> obviously. You, you had Justin Fields. <laughs> you had... Um, Let's see, uh, Gordon out of Washington State. Mm-hmm. You had um, Ellinger out of Texas. So pretty much everybody who is so far you've named top tier quarterbacks. Yeah, and then Jack Cohn. So Jack Cohn. So therefore, Jack Cohn's the a top tier quarterback. That surprised me yeah. though. Minnesota. Facts Minnesota's only. quarterback. He did. Uh, he did all right. You know, for what he was a walk on. Guys that were clearly ahead of him, also Navy's quarterback, but he was like all world for Navy. Well, like yeah, I mean, based like how do you when you throw one pass a game and it's a completion? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your QBR other, is going to be good, right? Other than that, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. So Jack Cohn was. I, I actually, I have no clue what for the quarterback that was. Wolford throwing a hundred percent, RJ. Yeah, for the quarterback that was the closest. To Jack Cohn, Jack Cohn was a little bit better than Utah's quarterback, who was pretty mm. solid last oh, yeah. year. And I believe he was getting. Uh, Where was uh, Utah State's quarterback? I would have to look. Was Jordan that? Love. Jordan Love. Jordan but, Love. I mean, right? Yeah. He was he was getting some Heisman love at one point in the mm-hmm. season, and Jack Cohn finished on this graph a little bit better than him. Yeah. I I it, listen, Jack Cohn. Here's what I struggle with. I. I'm never going to get my money. I, I've come to terms with it that I'm never going to get the money for the bet that I won. <laughs> uh, that Jack Cohn would be the starter of the season that happened. Jack Cohn has the ability to, you know, be. Well, what would you consider Jack Cohn like? He has the ability to be a above average good quarterback. Yeah, and like, and we saw it at moments. Like you're like, wow, if you let him throw the ball, like he can move it downfield. I want to know more about Graham Mertz. Like, what is Graham Mertz? Is his ceiling higher? That's the one thing we don't know. But then if you go back to practice last year, before the season got underway, like our sports director, Zach Heilpern, and all the people down there were like, Jack Cohn was head and shoulders better than everyone down there, Graham Mertz included. Yeah. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even like close. And he, in talking to Zach, you know, he even was saying he, he didn't have a grasp on the whole playbook. You know, you're not going to take away parts of the playbook and – go with a simpler playbook just to put in the guy yeah, exactly. everybody else wants. You go with the guy who gives you a better chance to win. And if 
I mean, for the most part, if he knows the playbook better than the other guy, then he's going to be the he's guy. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. And, and, that's and plus, Wisconsin's really loyal. Yeah. And Jack Hunt's an upperclassman. He's been there. They're loyal. He's going to be the guy because he knows it. Mm-hmm. The thing that this year is going to mess up, though, is if Mertz needed a year just to, you know, get into the system and, you know, be a college kid and whatnot and acclimate to everything, how are you going to get the. How are you going to get the everything when it comes to spring ball and like the camps? And oh whatnot? yeah, like, um, you're setting. Well, that, that, that's even, not just quarterback. That's running back. They're now even talking about trying to move everything up, like start things in July and have your football season be July, August, September. Saw that on uh, what? There's Pro a lot of ideas out there that, that they're throwing out. But then Ohio State has uh, suspended all on-campus activities through the end of May. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're thinking of and Wisconsin spent it what till middle May, I something think? like that, yeah, two, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have schools doing that. I, you better hope that once June rolls around, if you move everything up, yeah. like you better be able to have on-campus activities. Or we might see. Well, you can't even do that anymore. I was going to say go out to the seminary, but can't. that place has now been retrofitted for as apartments and stuff. Yeah, and no offense, but nobody, no college football team wants people to watch their practices. No, no, every day. No, uh, there's. Well, when you were at this, when you were there, didn't they put up like, like bunting to like? Did they like try to close it off so no one could look in? Well, you know that was right around the time. Yeah, uh, right around the time of those apartments on the bottom of the hill. Yep, over there yeah. uh, on the extension of Watts, um, where, or did they make you guys put up the bunting? No. No, the grounds crew did that. <laughs> the grounds but crew did it. We we had to go run and scurry people away when uh, security was a little overwhelmed. So it's like, who the is that over there? I don't know. Go do something about it. Go oh, do something. Uh, go kick them out of here. You need to leave. <laughs> and uh, you know, but uh, that would have been a good place to still hold this. But yeah, right now uh, with the amount of building that has gone on since even we were last out there i don't think it's a viable spot anymore but uh, if you could find some place like that yeah, that's not mean, on campus i think the, the reality of the situation is just not it's the longer this goes it's not gonna happen so i found right. your uh jordan love in utah state oh yeah slightly in the bottom left quadrant which is the quadrant you don't want to be in and who's surround? Who's he surrounded by? Other uh, NFL draft prospects? Uh, no, oh. <laughs> no. Unless you think Purdue has the next Drew Brees coming out, yep. Or Martinez Oof. out of Nebraska oh. is going to win a Heisman this year, like some said. Or if James Blackman and Alex Hornibrook of Florida State are the next Heisman and top draft picks. Ooh, wow. Those are those are three teams that all finished right around where Jordan Love and Utah State did. Man. Not an efficient year for no, Jordan Love, but yet he's still, still considered a top, a top first round quarterback pick. prospect. Yeah, he's he's a top. I mean, you can't like watching him play. It doesn't seem like he'd be in that quadrant, you know. Uh, I mean, hey, and, and he, sometimes you go with what you see. Like the people who thought 
Deshaun Watson was going to be like a not good quarterback. You're just like, what are you oh, thinking? By the way, we have um, like the Lit, Bears. Lit Bucky just hit me up on uh, Twitch. He says, "Yo, did you guys check out that Hornybrook Pro Day video?" And Pro Day's got quotations around it. <laughs> I, I, have I have not. not I have not. But seen now it. I'm going to have Nelson yep. find it for me. I'm going to go. I'm going to take break here in a little bit because we got our guy Rob Reichel coming up to talk to Green Bay Packers. But now I am very intrigued yeah. to see what a Hornybrook Pro day video looks like and that's that's I, is it just him from the manning camp academy are, camp yeah it's he's just, just throwing old. he's just throwing out those trash cans on the golf carts or or it's like those videos where you you see the throw from one angle and then it jumps to another camera yeah. and it's a completion yeah, it's all, that's it's coming just, at a totally different angle you're the like, edited oh that looks good it's like edited basketball movies like our tv shows <laughs> when they throw the ball up <laughs> and then there's a cut and then it, and then the ball <laughs> is like right next to the rim and it goes in nothing but net it's like yeah when he released the ball it didn't look like it was going anywhere close to the rim looks like we might have some homework after the show we're gonna have to make our own alex hornybrook pro day tape we'll go out and throw the pigskin in the uh, parking lot yeah uh let's go to a local pub kind of near you nelson go throw the pigskin in their parking lot hopefully no one gets knocked out Sure would be a shame. Sure would be a shame, <laughs> wouldn't it? We'll talk Packers next with our uh, Packers insider from Forbes.com, Rob Reichel. All right, Robbie, so uh, since we're on the radio, let's talk some green and gold, my man. And um, Oh, before that, you sent me a very interesting quiz. Uh, you texted <laughs> to me yesterday. and Can you explain to everyone what you sent me? Well, it was just it, it was a fun quiz. I, I go back and forth with all these uh, – with all these guys I went to college with, they're, they're all badger nuts like myself, and, and we kind of play trivia with, with each other quite a bit. We're, we're total dorks, Evo. And the, the, this one was a fun one I found yesterday that I sent to our group then in, in a group chat, but I sent it to you also. It was, uh, name all of the starters in the Bo Ryan era, which wow. you know was about 15 years. And, and amazingly, he only had 41 people that started for him. You know, once Bo usually set a lineup in November, that that those were his five. Then the rest of the year, but um, yeah, it, it was a fun quiz. I don't know, Evo, if you have a a way to post that on your website yeah, or something I'll like figure that. It out. Yeah, where the uh, where the listeners can jump on and and play it. But you had seven minutes to answer them all. And and Evo, just to show you what a dork I am, I I was able to get thirty nine of them. Um, thirty nine out of the forty one, you said. Thirty nine out of the forty one. Damn, Robbie, yeah, my I, God. Um, I, I, you know me. I'm an all-time Badger basketball dork. If yeah. there's, if there's one team that I could say wins a title before I'm, I'm gone from this, this planet. It's, it's Badger basketball. So no, I, I live and die on those guys. You know, Ebo and. Well done, uh, Rob. That, Thirty-nine that, that, out that, of forty-one. That, that's why the way it. Uh, that's why the way the year. You know, it was it was so exciting how they finished the year first, Evo, and then second, so disappointing yeah. that it got taken away. Who but are, whatever, who, those are small problems compared to what's going on. In yeah, the world. that's a good point. Who were the two that you missed on, if you don't mind me oh, asking? Oh God, I, if you remember, yeah, it was it was the Gullickson kid. He had only had one start, and like Quinton Smith, I think had had one start also. <laughs> so that you know, Gosser led the way. Um, you know, which which is pretty incredible. He, he played in so many games because he was in those couple of final fours, but he had 144 starts and, you know, obviously, um, you know, Crazy. Decker and Kaminsky are high on that list and, and things like that. I think, I'm trying to think, I think Tucker might've been second and, 
Um, but, you know, you, you could just type in the player's name and then it popped it into the right yeah. spot in terms of starts. But it, it was a very fun quiz. And if, cool. if you're able to put it, up put it there out there for yeah. your listeners, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. I'll put it out there. All right, Rob, uh, Robbie, let's talk some green and gold. Now, the draft, the shield, the NFL says it's still going down, just not in Vegas. When it comes to the green and gold, who would Rob Reichel say they need to eye for that 30th pick? Is it wide receiver? Is it offensive lineman? Is it, who is it, Rob? Uh, yes and yes, I guess. You know, they're they're going to need both of those positions clearly um, in in this draft. And you know, if if they do stay at thirty, Evo, they're going to have a chance at at a really good wideout and a really good offensive tackle. Those those are those are talented spots in this draft. They're deep spots. Now, I, I and I wrote this the other day, guys, at Forbes, and people can jump online and and look at this, but. It, they're going to have a lot of interest and in, in a lot of potential trade partners at 30 there, Evo. And without getting into all the, the great deals, you know, or, um, a great explanation, all the details of how the CBA works and, um, you know, how, how many years you can keep players and things like that. The, the long and the short of it is you're, you're able to keep a first-round draft pick an extra year, five years versus guys later in the draft. You, 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 can, you can guarantee those guys' rights from second round on only for four years. So there's always a high interest in those late first-round picks for a couple of reasons. You get that extra year guaranteed, and a lot of teams love to jump back up and chase a quarterback. You guys remember Baltimore did it a couple of years ago with Lamar Jackson. They obviously hit a home run. Teams like Denver have, have jumped up and tried to do that late in the draft with Tim Tebow. They flopped. Cleveland did it a couple of times. Johnny Manziel was one of their guys. Brandon Whedon, they flopped on those. Whedon. I mean, so there's. Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota, the Vikings jumped into the first round again, late in the first round, whatever that was, 2013 or something, and and uh, took Bridgewater. So a lot of teams like to do that, Evo, and you can you can get a lot for those picks. And really, Evo, this, this draft from about player, I don't know, 25 to 50, beauty's kind of in the eye of the beholder, where, where a lot of scouts don't, you know, don't decipher a huge difference between the guy you're going to get at 30 and maybe the guy you're going to get at 42. And, and if Brian Gutekunst has offered, let's just say, the 34th and 44th pick or something like that, Evo, you know, a couple of second rounders for that pick at 30, you could see him moving back. Now, again, it, it's risk-reward. We, we remember in, in 2017, guys, when Teddy, Teddy did that, and uh, he went back and he ended up taking Kevin King, who's turned out to be a, a pretty marginal corner, um, and he passed on T.J. Watt, and I, I don't think the state will ever get over that, Never. guys. Um, you know, but, but then in 08, Ted Thompson went back also guys. And, um, you know, he, I think maybe I picked 30 or so that year as well. And in fact, I think it was exactly 30 and, and the Jets jumped up and took the tight end, Dustin Keller, um, who, who didn't really have much of a career. And Ted went back to 36 and he got himself Jordy Nelson and he picked up another pick. So again, it's, it's, it's what you do then obviously with those picks. And, um, so I, I think that's going to be an option. Uh, for Gutekunst, Evo, where he can he can fill a couple of needs, and if and if he feels that giving up thirty, and my guess is the team might want to jump back up there and and look for a quarterback, whether that's you know a team like the Colts or the Chargers or the or the Patriots, I, I think he's going to get some interest in that pick if one of these quarterbacks is still sitting there, a guy like Easton from Washington or something like that. Um, Gutekunst could certainly move back, pick up a 
pick up an extra pick, and then in the second round, guys, have two picks to work with where he takes the wide out and the, and the offensive tackle. Now, Robbie, I love your work on Forbes.com. We're talking to Rob Reichler, Packer Insider. I saw you wrote an article about Patrick McQueen at Inside Linebacker. It could be just what the doctor ordered for the Packers at 30. But I'm looking at the inside linebacker position for the Packers, and then I'd see what Blake Martinez was saying about inside linebacker to the New York media about the Packers about – I mean, if you read between the lines, do the do the Packers value the inside linebacker position as other teams do? Because it just seemed like Martinez's comments made it seem like the Packers are kind of ho-hum on an inside linebacker. Yeah, the long and the short of it, Evo, is the answer to your question is no. I mean, they, they don't. And and I'm, I'm starting to wonder if they need to have a philosophical difference in terms of, you know, or a philosophical change in terms of how they how they approach in kind of their views on that on that position overall they they obviously rely heavily on on the pass rush outside they want they want high level corners they need to get a push from the inside and then they ask those guys in the middle to kind of clean some stuff up well you you've seen guys how how football has transitioned here over the last decade or so you you need high level athletes um you know the Devin Bushes of the world that that went to Pittsburgh last year and Green Bay could have you know, could have potentially taken a 12, but if he didn't uh, go a 10 to the Steelers, those kind of inside linebackers can, can kind of tilt the field and change things. The tricky part, Ebo, if Green Bay goes inside linebacker early, you know, that they've already got so much money invested in both of the Smiths. Um, they paid Rashawn Gary first-round money last year. So, I mean, the last time I looked, and this may have changed a little bit through the later stages of free agency, Ebo, but, but the last time I looked, Green Bay actually had – more money allotted to the linebacker position as a group than any other team in football. So they're paying their outside linebackers, the long and short of it is. They're not paying the inside linebackers. But but the problem is they've had marginal play at best at inside linebacker for more than a decade, Evo. And and if they're ever going to become a high-level defense, and I, I think we can agree they were they were an okay defense last year. They, they made some strides. But you saw against elite teams like San Francisco in the playoffs when they couldn't stop the run. They're a long ways away from being elite. And, and if they're going to become elite, Evo, I, I think they need a defensive end, an inside linebacker, um, you know, maybe a third corner if, if they let Tremont Williams walk, and we'll see how that plays out. But there's still some real gaping holes on, on the defensive side of the ball, Evo, even though they, they filled a few last year in free agency. Yeah, and I'm looking at uh, the free agency that they did dip into. You know, last year was so electric from Brian Gutekunst. This year... You know, Christian Kirksey, kind of hopefully that replacement for Martinez, and you got Rick Wagner coming in. And what was your take on the free agency this year? It was a kind of more Ted Thompson-esque. You know, I, I get where Gutekunst was working from. I mean, you've got to think big picture, too, on this. And in 2021, they're going to have just a dynamite class of free agents, from Kenny Clark to David Bakhtiari to – the Aaron Jones, uh, Kevin King is in that group. My guess is he'll walk. Corey Lindsley's in that group. My guess is they'll let him walk. You know, but those first three guys I mentioned, Evo, you know, I I think they're going to be hard-pressed to keep all three of those guys yeah. under contract. Bakhtiari, Clark, and, and Aaron Jones. Um, someone, if, if Jones has a year even close to what he had last year, Evo, somebody, somebody's going to give him north Big of 10, 10, 11, 12 million a year, and Green Bay just won't match that for a running back. But um, you know you, you've 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 got to really keep your lines intact there, and I and I get it a little bit where Gutekunst was coming from. He's going to need money to go ahead and do that. He, you know, having said that though, I I, I expected him to make a little bit more of a splash, Evo, than 
than this. They, they clearly got worse at right tackle. Um, they, they certainly haven't addressed the wide receiver issues. They're going to have to take two, maybe even three wide receivers, I think, Evo in the draft. Um, you know, Funches is a 4-7 guy, and um, I, I know he ran better at his pro day at Michigan a few years back, but, I mean, 4-7 in Indy is still 4-7, and that, that's just not good. Um, now, Funches will make the team. Lazard will make the team. Obviously, Devontae Adams will make the team. But after that, at wideout, Evo, you, you just don't know. I, I You know, I, I think they'll draft at least two, and, and then that sixth spot will probably come down to, to what, MVS, Kumro, and, yeah. and Equinemia St. Brown, right? And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're going to go early. Robbie, Robbie. I saw, I saw that? something that someone wanted to do, like uh, they're pontificating on CBS Sports that they'd trade for Brandon Cooks. There's, it, hey, there's a lot of people right now, Evo, with a lot of time. That's right? a good point. <laughs> there's a lot of pontification going on, and, and, and clearly I, I get it. There's a – and the internet's a dangerous place for that, and, and you'll see all sorts of you know potential rumors and and things like that. The bottom line is, I, you know, I, I think they go back with those top three that I just mentioned. Yeah. They draft two. They hope you know one of those one of those receivers, Evo, is coming in the first or second round. I mean, and then probably another one in the third, let's say, and maybe even another one in round five or six. Um, they could easily take three in this draft, like they did a couple of years ago. The problem is, and this doesn't give you a great deal of faith. Gutekunst missed on all three of those wide receivers yeah. the way it's looking right now. Um, and, and, I, and I know he went fourth, fifth, sixth round on those, and he's, he'll go earlier this time. There's no question, Ebo. He'll go round one or two on his wideouts. But, but I heard a stat yesterday, Ebo. There have been 18 first-round wide receivers in the last five drafts. Only one of them has turned out to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So um, it, it's a little bit risky business there. You know, that, that's why I wrote this several, several times over the last decade or so, Evo. The, maybe the thing Ted Thompson did better than anything in his job uh, in all those years as the Packers general manager is drafting wide receivers. When you go through that list and look, you know, from Jennings to, to Jones to Nelson to Cobb to Adams, yeah. even Jermichael Finley was, in essence, a wide receiver playing tight end. I mean, Ted Thompson loaded Aaron Rodgers up with weapons, and, and right now Rodgers just doesn't have the weapons. That's a good point, Rob. All right, man, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. We can check it all out at Forbes.com, Twitter, at Rob Reisel. Rob, before I let you go, have you watched Tiger King yet? I'm sorry, I have not. I am I am deeply embedded in Ozark, so when I put, oh, yep. when I, when I put the TV on, I'm, I'm uh, working my way through Season 3 of Ozark. And, it's wild. Um, season 3 is wild, isn't it? And, and really wishing they had done about 40 episodes instead of 10, Evo. Rob, I'm telling you, when it's all said and done with Ozarks, watch Tiger King and thank right, me I, or strangle me later, one or the other. I will absolutely do that before we talk next week. All right, buddy. Take care, man. Good stuff. All right, guys. You as well. Thanks. See you then. Rob Reichel. Love that guy. Forbes.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Rob Reichel. Always good stuff. We found it. The Alex Hornibrook Pro Day video. For some reason, he's doing his pro day Briarwood Christian in Alabama. Sure. Explain that one to me. I don't he never he left the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I, I guess it maybe it depends on where his agent has connections or something. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, in his pro video, he's literally okay. he's throwing behind well, he wide receivers. Florida State. He left he's, the program. He's throwing behind the wide receivers <laughs> in his, like, highlight reel. Yeah, well, did bad. you ever see him? Like throw open a wide receiver in his college career? Yeah, that Iowa game. <laughs> I think that was about it. That was about it. So Alex Hornibrook, real quick before we get back All to right. the Packers, bowl, bowl game. before before we talk about that, what, how much are you invested if you're Hornibrook's agent? 
None. Maybe His forty yard dash right here was four eight four. Yeah. Well, and the guy, the guys there are filming it on their phones. Like, if you're his agent, you're seriously like, yeah, I'll get to you once somebody starts to talk to you. I think he's. Dis- yeah. I think the reason why he's not as accurate is because he's distracted by other people's uh, girlfriends. Oh wait, uh, something like that, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I just, just, <laughs> I mean, just what I heard. Uh, his twenty yard shuttle is four point three six. His broad jump 108 inches. His vert was 32, which is verified by the IMG Academy Combine Training. And then it says in parentheses, didn't have equipment at video recording site. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone could say that. I jumped, to, I jumped to 48. It's verified by the IMG Academy Combine Training. Someone signed me. Yeah, there you go. I, leaped out, I literally leaped out of the gym. It's verified. <laughs> I didn't have the equipment, but it's verified. Uh, Alex Hornibrook. So, yeah, that video is funny, man. <laughs> literally throwing behind wide receivers nonstop. All right, so I saw this. Um, thanks for Rob Reichel. I didn't see many scouts at his pro day. RJ, there's no one. That, there's <laughs> one, there was one of his friends filming on his cell phone. That was about it. All right, so <laughs> I was saw this on uh, CBSSports.com, the front page of it, and uh, thanks to our Packer Insider from Forbes.com, Forbes.com, Rob Reichel, for joining us. I saw this for a couple things. They're talking about trading for Brandon Cooks. I'm going to have to say a hard no on that one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. How many concussions does that guy have? And then I did see this. Two landing spots possible. Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. The Packers have seemed downright philosophically opposed to having a quarterback of any ability or stature behind Aaron Rodgers. We suggest they rethink that. Winston or Newton may not understand or want to embrace this reality just yet. They'd be reluctant to do so. But if I were the GM... I would be going for Winston or Newton to back up Aaron Rodgers. Like when Vince Young was was there. Vince Young and didn't even make told, it out of told pre- to leave. <laughs> he didn't even make it out of of uh, They're both of them. Are I don't even think Vince he made Young. it to the fourth preseason game, Vince Young. No, I don't think he did. I, think I he, mean, would you if you're Vince Young, yeah, you're getting paid pretty well to hold a clipboard if he would have made the team. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how could you find a worse job than falling uh, flat on your feet at Texas to be Vince Young and get paid six figures just to be yourself and you couldn't even hold that job yeah, because you got fired of, for that you got DUIs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he came into a pretty good job if he wasn't going to be a quarterback and he couldn't even hold that. So maybe he couldn't have actually held the clipboard well either. <laughs> I mean, when you think of Vince Young, I just think of that the that him versus USC, right? I mean, yes. You oh, think of like, it's like for the, me, the people the, who like Jadavian Clowney. What do you think of? Oh, did you hear about the Jadavian big hit Clowney against though? Michigan? Yeah, he's That's lowering. It. Nelson had it and gone to the sixty at six twenty this way. Yeah, he's lowering his offering price from no twenty kidding. million down to seventeen or eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, like for for what he, I, I mean, it was one hit. One hit made him. I think didn't he also come in as like the top prospect of whatever year it was when yeah. he was a dude? Didn't high I see kid? him? And then look at his. Didn't he decleat Joel Stave in the Capital One Bowl? Probably. I was there for that. I tried to block it on my memory. Did. I don't remember who. I don't know if it was, was Clowney. That was a big hit. But Stave got d freaking cleated. The whole I was in the press box for that at the Capital One Bowl. Yeah. And you could hear that hit. And the press box is far away. Yeah. You could hear that hit like clear as day, and the whole stadium went silent. I think I was like, everybody Ooh. watching that game went silent. I'm like, is that man dead? Hey, kids, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> Go look at that hit. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, I mean, when it comes back to the Packers, though, 
There is no way. I mean, I would like Jameis Winston to be the backup for Aaron Rodgers, but there is no way that Winston or Newton would back up, be a backup quarterback. We had this topic. Well, where are they going to go? Well, I know that's the thing, but why would I mean, the Packers aren't going to be able to afford? They're going to go the way of the Co- Colin Kaepernick, but yet this time it's not because of anything they did off the field. Cam Newton is, has been banged up for a couple of years now. Jameis oh, yeah. Winston, I though, think, I think his foot, ankle, leg, whatever it actually is. Something ain't uh, right. Shoulder there. and back. Jameis Winston wasn't it a foot fracture this year too? Got LASIK eye surgery, so he should be good on those thirty interceptions. Yeah. Probably go down to about twenty five. We, we had this topic like a week ago. Should have happened in college if they really cared about it. <laughs> Jameis Winston, I mean, does he have the ego that uh, he would want to sit on the bench? I don't know. I just don't think he's going to want to leave. $20 million on the table because he should be a starting quarterback. And I know Cam Newton, his ego is not going to allow him no. to sit behind anyone. No. Uh, Tim Tebow, or Cam Newton couldn't even uh, sit behind Tim Tebow. No, he was, he was third string behind Tim well, Tebow back in the day. I also and think he there had was to a, leave because he well, couldn't I think mentally he also had to handle leave. Florida. Yeah, I also think he had to leave because he stole computers. some laptops. <laughs> I think that yeah. had more to do with it than Tim Tebow. <laughs> well, I think he, he I think the criminal charges of, of stealing laptops and well, other that's things. What, that's what out. happens when you get bored because you're holding a clipboard and third string quarterback. I need I need some action in my life. Hey, look, a computer. Ooh. The Packers. The, the Packers would be close. I'm I'm confident saying the Packers would be closer to drafting a quarterback with their 30th pick than tanking Winston or Cam Newton as their backup. <laughs> Probably. I think the Packers are closer to trading up for the number one pick than even signing Cam Newton. Agreed. All right, we're going to update you. And taking a quarterback.